Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Dodgers made the NLCS a series. The Astros tie things up in the ALCS. Plus, how will the Nets make up for no Kyrie Irving? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. The NLCS was looking like Atlanta's to win. Then the Dodgers got a home game. Our Major League Baseball insider and former MLB player Gordon Beckham was joined by Locked On's Kim Becker to break down the action from Tuesday night. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to a Locked On MLB Insider Report. I am your host, Kim Becker, and joining me is our MLB Insider, Gordon Beckham, here to break down the NLCS Game 3, the Los Angeles Dodgers Came into the eighth inning, scored four runs to avoid that 3-0 hole. Gordon, what did we make of this game? Yeah, I, this was a crazy game. I mean, the, the fact that the Dodgers are really six outs away from basically losing the series. I mean, if they go down 3 nothing, I mean, I guess they still have a chance, but uh, not a good one, right? I mean, the Braves have been really hot, and they've been playing well. And there are three runs going to the bottom of the eighth inning, and then all of a sudden that happens. I mean, Cody Bellinger is just like – gone crazy he had a terrible year uh stat wise this year had some injuries was was battling through that and then all of a sudden he's just gone crazy in the postseason which is uh you know always good to see for the for the guys that are you know at the bottom wanting to get to the top right you know it's never too late um but you know i thought that the the dodgers coming out they scored another uh, for the second straight game um they scored two runs in the bottom of the first or, or in the first inning with a Corey Seager homer and so you kind of think that, like, okay, they're going to gain this momentum and all this stuff. But the Braves just kind of keep sticking around and, and chipping away. They score four in the fourth um, and get Walker Bueller out of the game and then tack on another one in the fifth. And so you're kind of like they're they're dominating the game, really. And, I mean, if if, if some guys don't get on in front of Bellinger, this, this series is probably over. I mean, I, like, I just – I keep going back to that. But at the end of the day, uh, great job by the Dodgers to not really give in. They kept – kept pushing and then Bellinger uh, he's, he's come up at the right time in the right spot. Like he's been doing it. He's just had that moment. You know, he's been the guy a lot in the series so far and he's, he's delivered. Well, staying on the topic of Bellinger for a second here, what a confidence boost for him in this postseason, right after the, the regular season and him just really helping out this team when they need him most how do you think that's going to affect the rest of the team? Do you think they're going to see that and be like, okay, this is it. Like we're, we're going with this momentum for sure. Yeah. I think that having watched a lot of his, his at bats from even the, the wild card play in game, right. Um, or excuse me, um, it, the series against uh, San Francisco, he, he, he was still feeling for it a little bit. You could tell like with his swing and he got the big hit against the uh, giants. And ever since he got that knock to put them in the ALCS, basically like, he has just looked like he's back locked in like the guy of old. I mean, he doesn't look any different, right? But he had this really tough year offensively. Now, all of a sudden, he's just right back to where he uh, wants to be. And I guarantee you, if you asked him, he would probably say, I'd rather do this in the playoffs than have a great year and do do nothing in the playoffs. So he's he's having a great playoff uh, run right here. And um, if it continues, you know, you could see him being the MVP of this uh, this series. Yeah. Awesome. Well, the Dodgers have also used their bullpen almost exclusively in this series. I mean, if this one goes to six or seven games, how do you think that's going to affect the outcome? 
I think it's going to affect it in a big way, swing towards the Braves. I mean, every both teams have used a lot of pitchers, but the Dodgers, I mean, have been literally using everybody in their bullpen. I mean, they had a bullpen game on day one in Atlanta, um, and they lost that game. And then Scherzer only pitched about four innings, I believe, in game two, and then had to kind of piece together the rest of the the rest of the night for him. So. You know, I, I think that everybody's going to get tired. They've played a lot more games than the Braves have. The Braves had an easier road in here. They didn't have to play the wild card. Uh, they they won in four games against the Brewers. Uh, the Dodgers have really had to grind their way through this. And so their guys, even though they're really good, their arms are going to be a little bit more tired in six to six to seven game series. So if that does happen, watch the, uh, you know, the pendulum swing to, in, in the Braves' favor because – uh, it's tough when your bullpen is is has been pretty gassed. I mean, they're not even in the World Series yet, so um, this stuff plays a factor. And and if they they have they've used them a lot, they need a uh, a good start from uh, Urias uh, next time he's out there. Uh, and if he if they get that, then they might be able to save their guys a little bit. But if not, they're going to be in deep trouble. Coming up after the Astros got blown out in two straight, they find a way to even the series with Boston. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The nightcap of the NBA's opening night doubleheader brought the Warriors to L.A. to face LeBron and the Lakers. Wes Goldberg from Locked On Warriors here. Big win for the Warriors to start the regular season over the Lakers at Staples Center. And really what this comes down to is the Warriors' strength and numbers approach. Winning out over the Lakers' top-heavy roster. LeBron, Anthony Davis, great games. Both of them, 30-plus points, efficient, dominant uh, for most of that game. But the Lakers' third star, Russell Westbrook, ineffective. Just a really poor Lakers debut for him. A huge negative when he was out there on the court. I thought that Frank Vogel probably shouldn't have even closed the game with Russell Westbrook. He was that bad. Meanwhile, for Golden State, Steph Curry didn't play well, but he did finish with a triple-double, found ways to impact the game in other ways, unlike Russ. And you get uh, double-digit scoring from Nemanja Bielitsa, uh, Damian Lee, uh, Andre Vidala off the bench, a big second half from Jordan Poole. The Warriors were just deeper, better overall, um, and outlasted the Lakers uh, until the end. Lakers seem like they have a lot of question marks. The Warriors, meanwhile, look like they're going to get off uh, to a hot start here to start the season. Um, Big development if you're a Warriors fan and you've just missed the playoffs two years in a row. So again, big win for the Lakers, a big win for the Warriors over the Lakers. Get much more of this. Uh, We got a recap for you coming tomorrow over on Lockdown Warriors. Um, Make sure to subscribe and listen tomorrow. In the wake of the Philadelphia 76ers suspending Ben Simmons for their season opening game in New Orleans on Wednesday night, superstar center Joel Embiid said he has yet to speak to Simmons and declared several times that it isn't his job to babysit anyone. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on Try to make the team better, uh, win some games, uh, you know, play hard every night, uh, try to lead, you know, the guys that we have here, uh, and I'm sure they feel the same way because, you know, our chemistry has been excellent uh, despite, you know, everything that's been happening in the, uh, the last few months. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, uh, I, don't, I don't really care. 
Remember, it was our own Locked On 76ers host, Keith Pompey, who broke the news of the suspension as well as the Simmons trade demands. What the heck is going on in Sacramento with the Kings? Like a sad, pathetic high school relationship, Marvin Bagley and his agent Jeff Schwartz have broken up with the Sacramento Kings. Hi, I'm Matt George, host of the Locked on Kings podcast, and we got this gem today on the eve of the Sacramento Kings season starting. Sacramento is informed Marvin Bagley. He is not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear they have no plans for him in the future and yet passed on potential deals at last year's deadline and this summer based on value. Instead, they chose to bring him back but not play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. Again, that's Marvin Bagley's agent, Jeff Schwartz. No surprise with this situation at all. This falls perfectly in line with how Marvin Bagley has continued to be enabled by his camp, by his agent, by his management. They constantly blame the Sacramento Kings for Marvin Bagley's issues, whether it's injuries, not being able to be a part of the Kings closing lineup in a close game, All of this saga results in this. It's not surprising, it's annoying, it's obnoxious, but it's also a little bit relieving that now we know that Marvin Bagley is not a part of the Sacramento Kings future. Boy, a lot has changed since the Kings drafted him number two overall. A massive mistake that already looms over this Kings organization, but this particular incident, they're not too worried about. From a basketball standpoint, this is the right decision by Luke Walton and the Kings not having Marvin Bagley, who missed the majority of preseason where the Kings went forward. No, by the way, missed a majority of preseason. He's not part of the rotation. It is the right decision for a team that's trying to end a long playoff drought. The American Athletic Conference has received applications from six schools hoping to join the conference, and the AAC is expected to send them each a formal letter by the end of the week detailing the terms of expansion. Florida Atlantic, Charlotte, North Texas, UTSA, Rice, and UAB have each officially requested to join the AAC. The AAC's desire to expand comes after Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston decided this fall to eventually join the Big 12. UConn also left after the 2019 season. The addition of six more schools would expand the AAC to a 14-team conference in football and basketball while crippling Conference USA, where all of the other schools currently call home. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Week six is in the books. Week seven will be here before we know it. The Arizona Cardinals stayed undefeated in week six, and they are getting plenty of respect from the betonline.ag odds makers. They are 17-point favorites against the Houston Texans. Also, monster favorites. The Rams are coming off a blowout win over the New York Giants. They are giving 15 against the Lions and another potential blowout on the horizon between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Chicago Bears. The betonline.ag line for this game has the Bucks 13-point favorites. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. With the Red Sox leading the ALCS two games to one and two consecutive blowout wins, that 2-1 lead felt even bigger. Then, in the top of the ninth inning of game four, the Astros hung seven runs on Red Sox pitching. They win to take game four, 9-2, and even this seven-game series. Joining me now from Locked on Astros, Brett Chancey and Brett, this was a game 
You call it a must win if you want. Down 3-1, it would have been a pretty tall task, but it feels like an even bigger win because of the way these last two games were won for Boston. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when we started off the game with the home run by Alex Bregman, one to nothing, you're like, okay, we're going to set the tone. And then immediately they come back and answer with the 2 1, and they're leading 2 to 1. And that 2 to 1 lead felt like all game a 20 to 1 lead because this offense had just hit a wall. And with our pitchers going into this game, had only pitched a total of 11 innings in the first three games, you were like, we've got to have a starting pitcher that goes five. So we've got Grinky on the mound. Well, he doesn't get out of the first. And what a masterful job by Dusty Baker, with as much criticism as he's gotten in this city, of handling the bullpen. And the end came up. And, Peter, I believe it's 36 runs. I might be off on maybe a run or two, 36, two out runs by the Astros in this ALCS or in this playoffs. The Red Sox and and manager Alex Cora is using his starting pitchers like relievers in this game. It was uh, Nathan Yavaldi who who gave up the, the first run um, that set off this avalanche of runs. How much do you think that could be a storyline here as we now play what is really a best of three? Yeah, and... I think it changes everything because like you said, if the Red Sox go up three to one, I find it hard to believe that the Astros are able to come back from that. Now, if there's a team that's able to do that, it's this team because of their offense. The big question mark has been the pitching, the relief pitching, but now we're going back to who started in game one. Neither starter went three innings or more than three innings and sail in Valdez. So it's going to be key on who wins. But the great thing for Houston is it forces a game six. Regardless, we go back to Minute Maid Park. We know what happened in 2017 against the Yankees when we went down 3-2 in New York. We came home, won game six and seven of the ALCS. The old cliche in baseball is momentum is the next day's starter. You mentioned the issues that both of these guys had in game one. Handicap this pitching matchup for me now in game five. I think Framber Valdez comes out smoking hot. I just don't see him having a third straight funky start because of the momentum. This team really builds on themselves. I think I give him the advantage over Chris Sale only because the Astros on this team, the veterans, Bregman, Correa, Altuve, have had their way with Chris Sale in the playoffs. They like hitting in Boston. I would have liked to see more hits and more runs earlier in this game. But I, I would like to give the advantage to Valdez. But every game that's happened, Peter, I've predicted the exact opposite of what's gone on. <laughs> so maybe I should predict Chris Sale to be a Cy Young yeah. pitcher and the opposite happens. Chris Sale, complete game shutout guaranteed. Right, exactly. There you go. And then, you know, what happens? <laughs> Coming up, how will the Nets make up for no Kyrie? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't had a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. I have tried all the other protein bars. Trust me, you have to try these amazing bars for yourself. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or impossible to to swallow because it's so dense and blah. Built Bar soft. Covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something that's different. 
It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. And yet, Built Bar, low in carb, low in calories, low fat, low sugar, high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of something being delicious. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Milwaukee Bucks opened the 2021 NBA season much like they left it off in a 127-104 beatdown of the Brooklyn Nets, who are, of course, without Kyrie Irving. Joining me now from Locked on Nets, Doug Norrie. And Doug, it is going to be an adjustment period unless and until the Nets get Kyrie Irving back. With the understanding that it is just one game, how do you see the Nets having to make up for what they're they're missing in Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I mean, tonight they they struggled to maintain consistency, consistency on the offensive end. It was kind of a struggle for them at times. They looked really out of sync. I mean, I don't think that's all Kyrie's fault. I think there's a piece of them that's still – there's a lot of new players in this team, so there's going to be an adjustment period. But when you don't have a guy who's a top 15-ish player in the league at worst, you're going to be a worse team. I mean, the math isn't really hard on that one. This game, this matchup is something that we still expect to see down the line. Is this something that you think the Nets can say, okay, you know, it is just the first game. It's one game. Or are you going, you know, there's some, there's some things here that is residual that's carryover from the, the playoff series. Yeah. Playoff series and preseason. These are, uh, it's not actually so much the playoff series. Cause it's tough to use that as a proxy for this season. They were so banged up. This team is very different than that last year's team. Uh, that team did not have James Harden. Well, it had like a 65% James Harden had no Kyrie Irving yeah. It had Jeff green, right? It had like, it had a bunch of different guys. They have, they brought in a, a lot of veterans here. So I think there's, you don't need to overreact to this one game. I will say the carryover from, from the preseason to this game is definitely real in that, like I said before, they're out of sync. They do not look like the timing is uh, there at all. The, the play was very sloppy at times. The defensive effort was really just bad at times. Those It's almost a good thing because those things are actually pretty correctable. But um, in there, it's there's going to be probably a little bit longer of a runway than Nets fans would like. And this game was a good first look at, and say, Hey, they have a lot of good players in the team. It's going to take some time for it to all coalesce into really beautiful basketball. Cause it's really was far from that tonight. Turnovers with, with all of the moving parts, how confident are you that they can say, okay, with the continuity that they do have, you create more over the course of the season. That's something offensively that, that they can iron out. Well, yeah, I will say that shooting 53% from the three and getting smoked is actually pretty tough to do. <laughs> like that is like not, you need to actually sort of try to do that. <laughs> um, and the Nets were more than willing to to put it into practice tonight. Yeah, I mean, there's, they do a lot of, the way they run their offense, especially through Harden, is a lot of it is predicated on timing. If the initial dives to the rim from guys like Claxton uh, are not going to work or the timing is off, which was off all night, they they were visibly frustrated with that not working. So when the timing isn't there, you're going to see the after effects of it. And that's what we saw tonight. And that, that's what creates turnovers. That's what, for at least from Milwaukee's standpoint, that's what creates turnovers. That's what makes the play not look crisp and in sync. 
and their point of attack and all the way down was not there. Kevin Durant still able to find the spots. James Harden still didn't, you know, had a decent offensive game, but it was really just the rest of the pieces. And frankly, if Patty Mills doesn't shoot the absolute lights out, this game looks even worse. So, um, yeah, just a, a rough first effort, but a lot, a lot of the stuff that's mostly correctable. Jacksonville Jaguars defensive end Dwayne Smoot might just have the best hands on the team. Smoot helped his wife, Amari, deliver the couple's second child early Tuesday morning in their Jacksonville home, according to a team official. They were about to leave for the hospital around 4 a.m. when Amari fell, the official said. Smoot caught her, but there wasn't enough time to get to the hospital before the baby was born. Smoot called 911, and the paramedics talked him through tying the umbilical cord over the phone. Daughter Alani Moon Smoot was born in the couple's living room. Trevor Lawrence could use some more weapons. Maybe they give him some run on offense. Thanks for making Lockdown Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Thursday, will any team punch their ticket to the World Series? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.